just quietly while I've got you, Costa, we went out on May Day Sunday and it went to the bar and met him and he told me, I said, do you want a pint? He said, no, I'll have a latte. So this is this story about how he being this beer-guzzling thug is, is so far from the truth. He was bedded by about five o'clock that night. Welcome to Halfway Up Middle, Mike Lowe's bitch. <laughs> Mate, did you get a, as nice a, a welcome on all the other podcasts that you've been on after bottling it the oh. first time we asked you to come on here about seven months ago? Not even, <laughs> not even, not even close, not even close. As you can imagine, going home to Aberdeen around Christmas and New Year's is a pretty hectic time. Um, not myself and the kids. Get your excuses in there early, Kyle. Get them in early. Somebody has to. Yeah, for the sports fans out there, Kyle was supposed to be our debut guest, our first one, our launch guest, and he stood us up. So since then, he's been banned. Uh, so this is early early recording, Sweens. No one's listening. It's recording. It's all recording, mate. <laughs> We've had your house plugged, We've been listening for a few days. Uh, I'm kidding. 59 seconds we're in, lads. What's... Uh... What's what's it? I enjoyed listening to uh, you guys chatting a shaky about the this what was that the team you put together best Scotland team ever or whatever and that was that was interesting while I was with a trowel digging out the uh, the the gravel between all the bricks in my driveway. <laughs> Any glaring omissions from that that team that you would have had in there, Kyle? Do you remember? Uh, that was pretty. It's a pretty hard team to pick. To be fair. Um, yeah, it was it was clear to see varying opinions in there, and certain people um, strike slightly stronger opinions than, than others. Are you saying Liam uh, just flopped over? Yeah, oh, Liam just Liam just let both of you have the team that you wanted. <laughs> Only thing Liam wanted was a left arm spinner in there. Me, I tried my best. I tried to have you as my captain as well, Kyle, but um, <laughs> but Hoggy wouldn't have it, and neither was Shaky. But yeah. Tried to get Mark Watt in there as well. Shunned. Yeah. It was good fun. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast, Kyle. I liked out the shoe one. That was a brilliant podcast. Yeah, it was quite it was it was alright. He's quite good, isn't he? Your mate. He's good. But did one of the boys not did not have some technical issues? He had to leave the podcast or something, but <laughs> he just he just left. He just left and didn't come back. Put him to sleep, boring Kyle Kutzer. <laughs> 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 yeah. Wait, don't give don't give the show away just yet. <laughs> oh, so, no. so back to Kyle, uh, boring Kyle Kutzer. Is that what you've been doing in lockdown? Doing your driveway and your garden stuff like that? Yeah, I've been I've been cleaning up. I've turned in a proper quality proper builder, and, and that includes the body as well. So um, <laughs> turned into yeah, an absolute belter. Ah, what have you been doing in the garden? Oh mate, just just cleaning things up, you know, stuff that I've been waiting to be done since we moved in about four years ago. It's good though, isn't it? I've I've been in the garden as well. Long list. You boys, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll chat about it when we get on there. So I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, we're on, but there's no introduction here. This is us, Kyle. We don't we don't do this. Welcome to the show, Kyle. How was your ex- How was your experience uh, living in Durham? 
No, this is this is us, Kyle. You're not getting any. You're not getting a nice introduction on here. <laughs> Negative. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Well, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you two. You know, Sweens is um, just off his pilot's lesson, and Hoggy's filthy, filthy beard. So there we go. We're, uh, yeah, we're all doing all right. You're joining. You're a bit longer than I am at the moment, Hoggy. Actually, so you're you're doing well. I was actually thinking about. I actually bicked it off about three weeks ago or something, but it's come back quite well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it kind of hides the jowls, mate. It's a, it's a good, good use of facial hair, mate. <laughs> it doesn't hide it that well, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that you're back in the office as well, mate, how's, how's, uh, how's that going this week? Mate, I love the office. It's, it's, it's only me in here. I'm, I'm in, the, in a big office building off Anderson Drive, Kyle, right? And it must hold about 1,200 people. I swear to God, it's me and the security guard downstairs. There's no one else in this building. It's the weirdest thing ever. It's like probably been Walking Dead or something. Probably studying studying that poster behind you as well, the one that's got all them cables on it. Make sure you know all your connections for the TV and, and all that. <laughs> the TV. <coughs> no valves and fittings, mate. That's as uh, that's as exciting as my lockdown and <laughs> has got. It's pretty grim to be sure. And 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 I, I hear down the grapevine that. You and my brother are crossing paths every now and then. Mate, your brother has bottled it much like yourself. Must be a Kyle. Must be a Kutzer thing. I asked your <laughs> I asked your brother for a a coffee to discuss supply of his valves and fittings, and he uh, <laughs> I just ghosted me as well. <laughs> as he, as he, I'll give him some stick about but, it. Um, he, uh... I have seen him walking in the office a few times. His office is round the corner from me, but he's always uh, he's always head down. It's always early in the morning, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe that. Maybe maybe the. Uh, it depends. Call him later in the afternoon. I don't know. It might be a bit a bit uh, easier to talk to. But he uh, once he gets his head down at work, I think he's quite. A, I don't know. He might come across a little bit grumpy. grumpy. Maybe. But yeah. we'll, I'll try him in we'll the afternoon. That's noted. I think he's. I think he's like anyone at the moment. Yeah, try him now. He's like anyone. He's he's desperate to to hang on to his job like anyone in Aberdeen. You know. Not a good time up here, not a good time. Anyway, let's move on to to uh, Mars Cricket, Kyle. So we didn't want to just bring you on and interview you like many others that we've listened to, which <clears throat> have been very good, I must admit. You talk very well. Um, we wanted to speak a little bit about The Test, which is um, an, a series that's been running on Amazon um, following the... Trials and tribulations of the Australia Test team, or t- Australian team in general, kind of post ball tampering scandal. Um, so we're going to try and pull out a few things that that caught our eyes over that. First of all, I hope you watched it, Kyle. Have you? <laughs> I have. I have. I, I, when I got the little heads up that we might be talking about it, I I, I put on about fifteen minutes to try and remind me what it was all about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, there it is in there somewhere, but um, it was right in the the middle of the the worst time during the pandemic that I was watching it. So I was uh, I was probably watching it at three o'clock in the morning when there was nothing else. <laughs> Good show. Good show, in my opinion, anyway. Kind of unprecedented um, access to uh, to an international changing room. I haven't seen anything kind of as as fly on the wall as that. Um, I know I spoke to you, Hoggy. There was a few instances when 
batsmen have been given out and you know how kind of tense that can be and it's literally the batsman rattling his helmets, gloves, pads off walls and it's just one poor fella in there with a kind of a camera. It must have been a wee bit awkward to, to record some of it. Yeah, it was it was class. It was really good. Um, I know I've recommended it to a few people as well and there's been a lot of a lot of uh, the people around around where I live that have have watched it, it's been, yeah, it's been it was it was really good. Like there was proper inside info in there as well. Like like you said inside the dressing room when when Finch is coming in and throwing his stuff about a little bit, and, and it's just like, well, well, they're normal, aren't they? They do pretty much what <laughs> we all do as well. You know, Parker was one of the worst at it, but um, <laughs> we, all, we all do it every now and then. I reckon mine's maybe one in. One in 15, 20, maybe. Are you, ba- are you a bat chucker, are you? I don't think I've ever seen you get angry. Uh, no, I'm, 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 well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not really, but it takes it takes quite a few in in a row in, in succession for me to get a little bit upset. And yeah. what I might do is put my, put my bat down and throw a glove or something like that. <laughs> yeah, talking about throwing gloves, didn't you throw a glove at a bad cup final decision that you had not go your way for you? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I was, I was slightly um, upset, probably about the decision, is maybe the way to say it. And um, a big game at, at Chesterley Street, and a big final for us. And and I snicked off second ball. It started ball already. The Benwell Hill loving. Yeah. Me just, oh, already, me just leave. In I'll just go. That's enough. <laughs> that's enough. Uh, anyone stick in your head that's uh, toys out the pram? Off the back of a bad dismissal, cost throughout your career, any real bad ones? Uh, I've probably seen most players have some some kind of incident over the years, so ev- everyone does it. Um, I- I've seen, yeah, I've seen all sorts of bats thrown. Uh, there was there used to be a bat that was that was just used for for smashing up um, when you came <laughs> up. You were a bit frustrated. Where was that? Um, At Durham. Uh, there was there was one at Durham, yeah, and then there was one at a club side, and I think I even think Uddingston. I might have heard rumours that there was one at Uddingston a while ago. So uh, yeah, I've seen seen people. I know people have broken their hand. Oh yeah, they, yeah, just put themselves out of. <laughs> someone someone punched the middle of a pitch during a first class game because I don't know some probably me I probably shelled another catch or something like that. <laughs> That was um, t- uh, talking of bad decisions. That um, that Labuschagne dismissal at Lords, where where Joe Root just claims it on the half bounce, and it's on the big screen. Everyone can see that it's bounced, and he still gets given. And then Bearstow and Broad are just standing there at the back with that like smug grin on their faces. <laughs> like, how has he not launched his bat at them? Especially Johnny Bearstow, the most punchable puss in the world. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Unbelievable! You'd be yeah, raging. No, I mean, I don't want to get into any real sort of technicalities about the uh, overturning a decision, but it doesn't seem straightforward. Even though we can often see that it looks as if it's uh, maybe touched the ground, but if the decision was given out at first from the umpire, the soft signal is out. Whether they still have that, actually, I should probably know that. But um, <laughs> are you just going to overturn it unless it's completely clear? Mm. Mm. my boring part of the, the chat over with but there we go <laughs> are you the Scotland captain Kyle? 
<laughs> currently, I'm currently I'm hanging in there. I although know, there's yeah. plenty of people. That, there's, there's plenty. There's plenty of people that probably don't think think I could be. But there we go. That was a genuine <laughs> question. I actually wasn't sure. Did the did the players vote you in like Aaron Finch got voted in? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't. I can't really remember what happened. Grant, Grant, I think Grant decided that he he wanted me to do it again a few years after sacking me, and then that's what you say. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess I took it took it on again. That's a really nice. There. When you go, sorry. Now what happened? I remember that. Yeah, no, it was. I mean. Ultimately, it was probably it was the right decision, you know, from him. Um, I think it sort of caught a lot of us by surprise, and and myself, but it's actually made me a better captain, which and a, and a better player. So, why were you not scoring any runs at the time? Uh, no, I was I was doing I was doing okay. I, I was I was whacking it in in the seconds at, at Northants at the time, and um, granted, newly come in to to cricket Scotland, and what he wanted was someone who was local that ah, he okay. could be around all the time and that yeah. made it you know in hindsight it makes a lot of sense and you know it took me a few days to figure that out and, and maybe appreciate it but he uh, he made the right decision there and um and and Preston had done an amazing job at, at the qualifiers he'd done an amazing job Aye. and played brilliantly and just to correct you in your podcast about the <laughs> the all-time team um and this is my views and my views only <laughs> um not of your employer. Preston, Preston performed much better when he went up to bat up the order than when he used to hide away from the new ball. There you go. Went I, but he, he started off at the top, went down, and then maybe crept into the top four again. Didn't get into the top three, I don't think. What, he, what he, 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 was, he was forced to bat further up the order from a, a, a very tactical decision, and he went on to get player of the tournament at batting three or four or I wherever it was. I said... I said he got player of the tournament. I just said that he was better not opening the batting where all the best bowlers would get him out, like me. <laughs> well, I'm sure it was top four, but you said top four, by the way. I can't take Preston seriously, Kyle. I played in a regional game against him, right? And I bowled five dot balls at him, first over the game, then bowled a backhand slower ball, top of off stump. See you later. <laughs> so, that was in a regional game. So that you can't be opening the baton for Scotland if uh, if I'm doing that to you. Oh come on, Hoggy, don't 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 put yourself down there. Oh, right? I'm going to say, I'm searching, searching for compliments here, <laughs> isn't he? Did you did you are you able to bowl back and hand slower ball? Were you? No, Hoggy, you you're a really good player back then. Remember. <laughs> yeah, we're, what we're we talking about? Oh, the captain. <laughs> The captaincy, and I was trying. To, I was trying to move us on. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay, to give me a hand signal, because no one, no one will see that because there's no yeah. video that comes up with it. So we try to try to segue. I think that's what we call it <laughs> onto uh, Tim Payne, which kind of focuses quite a lot on Tim Payne, um, who had to take over uh, captaincy at a, at a time the, the team was struggling. Um, what did you make of Tim Payne? I think he comes across really well in the the documentary. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. Look, it gives a real good insight into the feelings that players go through when, when things are, are good and, and more so at the start of that series, especially when things are really tough. Uh, and it just shows that they're, they're human. You know, these guys, even during that phase, these guys were amazing cricketers. 
uh, and and they were struggling and and we've all been we've all been through there where we just one probably can't hit the cut strip or can't can't land our slightly slower slower left arm spinner or we we can't hit the ball off the square it, it happens it happens to us all from time to time but the fact that they were that they're human was a really good uh, insight to to get to get from them and Tim Payne the I think the leadership he showed you know I, he's obviously a fine fine wicketkeeper and I, you know he's a he's an amazing batsman you know there's a lot of people in the world who would love to play the you know the, the way that he does but um, I think he says it himself later in the tournament uh, later in the show that he maybe hasn't done as much with the bat that he would have would have liked to have but. The, the leadership qualities he was bringing at that stage were just well, it seemed from the show, just what they needed. Ah, he was like he was. They were doubting him as well, weren't they? Because he he didn't play that much Test cricket, did he? he? Had like a nine year absence or something. And then he got sort of drafted back in randomly. He was pretty close to like quitting or not quitting, but he was pretty close to having to retire, didn't? Wasn't he? Yeah, fingers, fingers, fingers early on in his career were really uh, affected, so he must have just. Powered through it, I suppose, and grinned and bared it and played under pain. I suppose a lot of players that do that, that, that accept kind of their bodies are going to pay the price long term to extend their cricket career. Well, well, just you know, there's loads of there's loads and loads of cricketers that have let's just say played for Australia or played for England for that matter, and then they disappear into the into the background. I know. And, and 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 you know. I guess you know there'll be there'll be some with Scotland as well. Obviously, the this this scenario is slightly different. Um, you know, the picture is probably quite a, quite a lot different there because people ultimately have to go and find a find a job uh, when it yeah. when it comes to you, know, you can't drop back into regional cricket at the moment and and still earn some sort of living. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, there's lots of cricketers that do that, and the fact that he went all that time and then came back into the into the system was, you know, something pretty special. Probably lucky mm-hmm. that he was in uh, Tasmania as well. Probably a little bit less competition down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but also wicket keeping's a it's a tough tough place. You know, uh, you guys have spoke, you know, quite a lot about about Wally and and his opportunities in the in the last last podcast and. Um, Just give him a chance, Kyle. He's a selection committee podcast now. <laughs> I've been on the phone to Wally a, a lot recently, just catching up with him, having a chat, just chatting about batting and, and a few different things. And But the fact that a wicketkeeper is such a specialised position that it's so hard um, for someone to, you know, maybe knock someone out of their out, out of that role and, you know, there they have to be really good, like people like Wally and 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 others who can come in and play just as a batter as well. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, that brings <clears throat> brings me on to an, what another class wicketkeeper batsman actually said on the on the uh, the show, and it was Gilchrist, and he said, I "Don't know if you remember, it was written up on a whiteboard. Make the next delivery the me- the most important thing in your life because at that moment it is." I mean, Hog have been speaking about this. And I'm not sure if that's the right approach for all, but what was what was your thoughts on that on that quote? Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard people say similar, and and, and look, I don't disagree with it. Uh, it, it. Each to their own about how focused and determined they are on on every ball. But uh, 
for me, if I was saying stuff like that all the time, I would just be building more pressure and building more, um, you know, I'd, I'd be worrying myself more and more and more. Um, there's another quote in there. Sorry, it's slightly different. It was interesting coaching, I thought, from from Langer. Uh, and we'll go back to your one. Uh, when, when he starts talking about guys there at Dubai at the ICC Stadium training there, and he's talking about they had 15 or 16 collapses in a row. And he says, if, just leave it, leave it, or get if it's short, just get hit by it or get out of the way. And I was just, wow, if I'm thinking <laughs> about just leaving it, then I'm never going to score any runs. So that, that's an interesting, you know, obviously Langer was an exceptional player and he had determination who might well be able to go and say um, what what Gilchrist did at, at that moment in time. It's the most important ball, the most important ball. But I don't think everyone can think that way. If, if you were, you know, you obviously have to have focus but you have to have a balance between focus, it's the most important thing, and, well, I'm just going to, this is what I'm going to do with it, sort of thing, you know, <laughs> like having a bit of fun. Um, I loved how Kawaja, sorry, Liam, on you go. No, I loved how Kawaja just stood up and told him, just said, like, it's just not going to work for everyone. Everyone's different. And Kawaja himself was like, I need to go out and score or bat like I would bat, because if he went into his shell, then he just, end up having to kick his stumps over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, he was, I thought Kawaja threw it was, was really good. And yeah. It, you, you actually see how their, the relationship between Langer and Kawaja actually blossomed a bit because they both realized Kawaja isn't going to follow just the herd in, in some ways yeah. with how, how, you know, it's, there's always going to be people who've got varying opinions and that's important, but the way they sort of bounced off each other in the end with completely varying opinions was really powerful because you can you can actually come across some really valuable stuff in there. And that's why it's important to listen to the different people within your team. And people think about the game differently, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just finding finding the little bits that you can sort of probably help each other. Uh, I, I, I love asking people in our team I, I, who I'll go to may be determined on the stage of the game and stuff like that. And uh, and and maybe if I need an answer straight away, or if I want someone who who I I think they've they've considered all these options here, I'll go to them right now. They'll know, and just just helps me at times. So um, it's amazing how that Kawaja Langer is such a a really good example. I know two yeah. totally different like opinions and ways of going about it, but they both sort of just appreciated each other's opinions, didn't they? But Langer, been... Langer was, he's an office nut, wasn't he? He sort of... Yeah, he... Intense, wasn't he? It was Super a tough intense. job to take, though. He, can't, he couldn't go in and be like the hard man straight away, could he? Because they were all... They were obviously all gutted about South Africa and stuff like that. What was your thoughts on that? Well, I, like, I still don't get it to this day, right? Is how they've just made it out to be... I know what, they'll obviously have done it to try and protect people, but they've just made it out to be these three players... Like, you're not telling me the Seamers didn't know about this. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're not sanding a ball and then, like, trying to trying to prepare it as you normally would. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just... It's, the Seamers have to know about it, but they just sort of... Nothing happens to them, you know? Like Yeah, look, it was it was a shock to the whole game, I think, the, the global game about, you know, that coming out. I think it was only a shock, though, because it was Australia... 
Like, see if it was, see if it was Pakistan. I, w- I don't think it would be that much of a shock. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> Look at Liam's face. I thought that was funny because they then played them in the following test series. Like, and you've got to play against a team that you probably know they're probably just ball tampering better than you ball tamper to get away with it. I know they wouldn't have been using sandpaper, but nah. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Um, it's a bit grim for you, Liam. Sorry, mate. It's when it's when. It's, <laughs> You know, every team is always all I'll say is every team's always you, you know Hoggy yeah um, from your fourth days and your and and all your mates from Arbroath and that neck of the woods you know but um, <laughs> every team is always trying to gain an edge and that might be from from uh, getting underneath someone's skin or finding ways finding ways for for the the ball to to do. Uh, maybe a little bit more at times, and and you know, there's you. We've all got to be careful about how we how we how we manage those things, and and we've still got to be sending the right messages no matter what you know throughout all of this. But it's uh, you know, you want the ball to to do a little bit, and you need to try and get some assistance, and and um, totally, yeah. Sometimes the lines might get a little bit grayed uh, at, at times, which they they shouldn't, you know. But, yeah. I think one of the things I drew from <clears throat> from that, and it's, it's in the footage of the of the actual um, documentary, is how close up cameras are focusing on what people are doing with the ball. So if you think like it was quite early in the game as well, so I don't. I wonder if if word has got to got to the camera crew or got to the editing team to be specifically on top of what they are doing with the ball after the ball has been bowled, because I couldn't believe how clear it it seemed. And if um, you've got obviously the world is watching. Well, I, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but there's a, a crazy amount of number of cameras continuously on the on the ball at all at all times. So the the fact that I think that well, they thought that they might get away with doing that is is just a, a huge huge mistake, isn't it? So very nice. Yeah, I, I just don't think you can <clears throat> get away with that sort of stuff. Uh, in in the modern day, there's too many cameras around. Um, I'm not saying it happened in the past. I'm just saying <laughs> any 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 poor behaviour or poor etiquette around not, taking care of. Remember the, the I Cup final in 2010. <clears throat> yeah, Afghanistan were reverse swinging it after about six overs. You're not batting that day. You play. <clears throat> Uh, no, I probably didn't last very long, but I remember dropping a catch off you, Hoggy, at first slip, and you sprayed me for it. <laughs> I, was, I was angry that game, but that, that, no, but ugh, people are better at doing it than others, for sure. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for there, sure. There's, there's there's definitely an art as well about how you you look after the ball, uh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and and how you release it too. You know, Hoggy, if you yeah. could just lower your arm a little bit, you might get it. It might it now. might sound that I'm trying to defend them, but I'm not. They did cheat and they deserved everything they got. But I just found it surprising that it was only the three of them that got punished for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. four, including the coach. Yeah, Lehman took the fall as well, didn't he? Aye. But it's I don't think it's any coincidence that Bancroft was was the lad carrying the stuff in his in his I shots, know. you know what I mean? I know. On after the the youngest chap and um kinda not many caps behind him as well. His pressure probably would have been put on him. But it's good short, to know that short short the cameras at the at the game, and that's that, that's you know that's that's a good point to go go forward. I'd be, I'd be pretty worried about a little bit of chafe underneath those shorts at the end of the, <laughs> end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> you spoke earlier, Costa, about um, players being human, and uh, obviously the Australian team have have kind of gone improved over the kind of show. And one of the games that it's the five nil. Uh, series defeat in, in England, where I think it, it was 481 for six, played 239, so defeated by 242 runs. That's Australia. Um, again, just shows you. What's, uh, what was your thoughts on that series? And obviously, can you think of uh, any real big thumpings that come to mind that you've uh, been involved in Costa, over the years? Uh, what, what, Sweeney, can you remind me what year that was? No. That would have been the year before the World Cup. So it would have been 2017. Uh, 2018, sorry. Wasn't that just shortly after um, England had, had lost to someone else? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think that was the only team they lost to that summer. Oh, was it? All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get, on to, we'll, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that one later. But... <clears throat> um, yeah, just remind me what you asked there. <laughs> so, yeah, it was obviously Australia was, were defeated by 242 runs in an ODI, chasing 480. And I was thinking of any big humpings that come to mind that you've been involved in on the wrong end, the receiving end. There's been there's been a few get, getting rolled out to Australia, mate. Um, I think we rolled out for like 19 or something under 19 World Cup. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> icky, icky match run off the run off the field and go to the toilet and come back on in that time. We were all bowled out in 19. Um, and they got it. I, rem- I always remember this. Ireland turned up to watch our game and they got to watch three overs of Australia batting before they knocked it off. Three overs. <laughs> Who's been in the Australian team then? Kyle, was any name? Oh, God. Uh, Sweeney, I- I'm not very good at remembering remembering those those. Types of that, that would have been the World Cup that Shaky was talking about, Stuart Murray, where he noised up uh, Aaron Bird. That's no, that was the one before. Oh, was, was it? Oh, was this the, yeah. oh, this the one in Bangladesh? Yeah, yeah. Because Craig Anderson was opening the bow, opening the bowling. Yeah, yeah, you're our both mate. Yeah, we uh, uh, we played the opening game of the Under Nineteen World Cup live on TV at the Bangabandhu Stadium in Dhaka, and we played against India, who were. Full of stars, um, RP Singh. Uh, I don't know why I remember these guys. Uh, Rayudu, who played for uh, Suresh Reina. Actually, I, th- I think I might have actually got him out that game, but I'll, I'm, I stand corrected if I. If I um, uh, Shikha Dawan, 150. Um, Useful. <clears throat> and Lumbu. Lumbu, yeah, opened the bowling, didn't he? Wait. Came steaming in. <laughs> Did he not break his hand in like the fourth over or something, shelling a catch? I'm sure, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he broke his thumb or something. <laughs> I always remember him coming out the bat because I was still in, I think, when he came out the bat that day. Uh, or maybe I'm getting mixed up another one. But whatever, he, he had a helmet strap, but you know how you normally either cut the, 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 the end off, but the end hung so far down, it was like touching his chest. <laughs> <laughs> Big village opening bowler. Village. What guy, though? G- great guy. I, I, I don't want to... Lumbo's a great bowler, and you know he could have, could have, you know, become a quite a good good bowler if he if he hung around him for a bit longer. And he obviously went into into work, and I think he became a policeman, didn't he? And um, but he he also dropped a a dolly in front of a full crowd playing against Bangladesh in that, <laughs> that, in that tournament. 
full 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 crowd in Chittagong and he dropped I felt so bad for him. Like he could have just the ground could have just swallowed him up there. I was like, oh. Yeah, let's get back to what 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 uh, any thumpings. Yeah, any other ones you think of? They were the worst. Is there any you're alluding to? I'm trying to. Uh... No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Just if there was any that stuck in your head, thinking, "Wow, that was a real bad day." Well, well that that <clears throat> that same tournament, that game against India, actually, in uh, we won the toss, and I remember standing there with um, Mike Hendrick and, and Willie Morton, um, the late Willie Morton, and and we said, "What should we do if we win the t- win the toss?" I thought, you know, we'll, we'll just get ourselves into the game. We win the toss, we'll have a we'll have a ball. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this thing was so flat in the middle. So flat. They got the highest <clears throat> this was before South Africa hit that four hundred and whatever it was. India got four hundred and whatever <laughs> as an under nineteen team against us in Dhaka. <laughs> and and I remember bringing Rajiv Routre on probably in the they probably went 80 after five overs or something. Say, Raj, come up. you come from the top end. There was no top end. It was just completely flat. Coming from the top end. Yeah, fine. Bowling at Shikhar Dawan. I think every ball went to the boundary that over. Every single ball said, do you want, should we try one more? See how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not great. Not great. Tough times, tough times to play the, the Indians, definitely. I think uh, in the the, um, the documentary, Langer actually says that Coley is the best player he's ever seen. Is he? Uh, have you ever seen him up close, Coley Costa? No, no, I haven't. Um, you know, I don't, he looks an amazing player, mate. The 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 way he scores his runs and just the way he wins games of cricket. Yeah. Like there's a, there's people who score runs. But when you score them under pressure, and he does, and, and a lot of them have been second innings, just just incredible. Like, yeah. Without doubt, one of the greats ever already. Yeah. I was just 15 20 hundreds or something chasing in ODIs. It's fucking mental. And Andy, Andy bowled in a game as well. I, I, yeah. I watched Billy's bowl in a game the other day. I saw a highlight. Does he not, bowling. Did you not bowl off the wrong leg or something, Coley? Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> Can't remember, but but these guys can they can do everything, can't they? You know, yeah. like, well, he can't bowl if he bowls off the wrong leg, can he? <laughs> but he's an unreal, different level batter. Pilots off, yeah. He's got he's got a bit of style, I think, a bit like you, Hoggy, actually. But but you, I'm you sure, don't I'm tend sure to. Sure, Coley will appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he will. I mean, I think you've got a better lofted shot over the offside, actually, than. <laughs> No, I he's I think he's the greatest. I I agree with Justin Langer. Like they they, I don't know. He just controls games, doesn't he? I think he's just so good. I think he's better than De Villiers. Miles better than De Villiers. Just looks De better. Villiers. I think it just looks better. Yeah, De Villiers. Is, oh, they're both both amazing, amazing players. Eh? And and you know, <clears throat> I might have come across earlier when I was talking about Langer and, and you know what he's saying when he was talking about guys just getting hit by the ball. You know, obviously, this guy's a uh, a well experienced coach, isn't he? And and he's got a trait about him that you know a lot of people wish we we yeah we, we wish we all had in some ways, like that determination, that fight. That sometimes, you know, I'm not saying people don't ever try, but it might elude us at times where where it's really really important and and the the knowledge and um, the way it actually showed him growing through that whole 
that whole phase of him starting as a coach when it was really, really tough to where it sort of ended was pretty spectacular how, how brilliantly he had done. So, you know, the, these guys are, you know, <clears throat> trying to be, you know, I don't, I don't want to be um, come across that, you know, I'm just trying to have a bit of fun in the podcast and make sure people appreciate that, you know, and have a bit of a laugh. But there's, you know, everyone I've spoke about today is, you know, one of my mates more often than not, not people like Coley and that, obviously. But, um, you know, I'm just having a bit of a laugh. <laughs> Who? Mate. Who's that? <laughs> Your mate Coley. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said Coley. <laughs> Coley, Coley. <laughs> no, the... Um... Yeah, no, I rated Justin Langer, but I thought his coaching staff were quality as well. Like getting getting Ponting in for the World Cup. I thought the boy um, Shriram. Did you ever play with him for Scotland when he was a Saltires pro? He was the, he's a spin bowling coach for Australia, but he, he played for Scotland as a Saltires pro the year after Dravid or around about that time. No, no I must not have come across him at all. Ah, maybe you were a bit young. Where do you have been in two like no, no, played with Dravid? I played I played a couple of games with Dravid. I got I got conveniently barbecued against <laughs> Northampton actually from Dravid. And he and obviously if he said if he said no, then I was the one that was going to be going back. Yeah. It wasn't him. <laughs> and granted he was probably on eighty odd at the time. Yeah, yes, sir, I'll go back. <laughs> what a player. Yeah, no, I thought I thought the coaching staff were good. Like even the even the PT, he stood up against Langer. Like obviously they had those sort of management meetings, and um, and they were talking about how they like they just gone through. I can't remember what series they were going on about, but they just gone through the team, just slating them. But then the PT just stood up and said, "Look, you've also just spoke about process, so you can't. You're just contradicting yourself." And they all realised that yeah, fair enough. We can't be too harsh if we're asking them to sort of stick to the process. And uh, that bears fruit, doesn't it? Because they definitely something changes. That India series where they come back from three two 0 down to win three two, the process that was good. That yeah, yeah, mate, that's that's why. I mean, we sort of touched on it briefly at the start, but that's why it's so important to have a mix of personalities. You know, you can't just you can't always just have your mates around you. Although they're fortunate to all be be friends, you know. But I imagine over the years they've they've got to got to know each other really well and yeah uh, it's something that you know i actually i actually had a catch-up with grant bradburn um about a week ago over a zoom for for a you know just a just a chat and you know he's, he's got his new job in pakistan and one of the things he realized <clears throat> at school when he came into scotland was uh he he thought everyone needed to be friends and get on all the time but what he what he learned was that to encourage people to do their skills their way, yeah. just with a little bit of guidance about <clears throat> this is the direction we're going, but I want you to do it in your way and give them ownership to do it. And I think what you've touched on there with these, you know, imagine having those people at your disposal. I'm going to get Ponting and I'm going to get Gilchrist. And that doesn't mean they're amazing coaches. I know, like, yeah. Some of these greats, or, or anyone for that matter, isn't, isn't an amazing coach, but to have that at your disposal to sort of pick away at their brains a little bit, just, you know, spectacular. I, I loved Ponting. I thought he was the one. Just everything that he said just came across so well. Try to simplify everything. And he also wanted to jump yeah. into the crowd at one point, didn't he? When they were <laughs> when they were booing everyone, he's like, 
want to go into the crowd and shut a few of them up. <laughs> I mean, a bell. I imagine, he's, imagine he's jumped in. Welsh rookie point in. Welsh rookie point in. <laughs> if, you, if you think about that that group of coaches that they had then, they, they all had a, a streak about them, didn't they? That like when when the when they need to be tough, you, you probably were thinking, "Well, I wouldn't really want to get on the wrong side of these guys." And, yeah. and that that's probably an element of uh, a steeliness that that Langer wanted to get across yeah. to their guys. Someone like Ponting and Gilchrist seem to come across in a slightly softer approach, but still have that in their their makeup. Well, like yeah. like when the um, Warner Warner was like, oh, "I'm scared of getting out," and Ponting was like, "What are you what are you talking about? How can you be scared of getting out? You need to be going out there thinking you need to go and score some runs." And then he goes and yeah. and he goes and hits a hundred against Pakistan in the World Cup. Yeah, I think when they unveiled uh, Steve War and they brought him in for the Ashes, you could just see. I don't even Steve Waugh likes anyone, does he? He just looks <laughs> the epitome of, of the villain or, or the steely kind of Aussie. But that, yeah, that that team, that era for Australia, what like that is the true kind of golden generation, I'm sure, for Australians. Yeah, I'm sure, sure uh, you and Hoggy would have got a few of them out if you were bowling at force, no doubt. Well, to be fair, I have got a few of them out of my time, so. Wow! Save that, save that for another podcast, won't we? Maybe I can interview you, Hoggy, about your career. Maybe you and Gouds should get together and have a bit of a chat, shouldn't you? Oh, no, because Gouds, he'll have taken more than me in one game. (laughs) I did in my whole life. He got five one time. Um, Nah, go for it. Yeah, Yeah, no, I was was just going to speak about about Ashton Turner. That was the guy that kind of turned, they focused his, I think it was his second innings, of his, of his ODI career, he got 84 not out to pull them home against India and, and level it up at two all. And that was kind of like a, like a, I don't know, a palpable turning point in the whole kind of yeah. uh, documentary. Was there, uh, which brings us on to uh, what we want to talk about, which is the England game. Um, <laughs> and potentially, potentially the biggest upset in international cricket is what I've got written down here. But I spoke to a few of the players prior to that game and they'd said they were actually confident. It was funny. I remember speaking to one in particular who said, we're going to bat and we're going to score 350. Was that... And what did you think of that, Liam? We we prepared prepared extremely well, you know. Like, it's easy to say all the the usual cliches, you know. uh, But that was... We'd spoken about wanting to be a a 320 team for, for quite a while. And to play that way, to to score three hundred and twenty, you ha- which was becoming more and more of a regular thing in the in, in world cricket. Um, you had to play a certain style of cricket to do that. And and for us, uh, you know, no disrespect to anyone within our setup and 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 coming through, but for us to to beat sides like England uh, and Australia and and these top teams, we have to be willing to play that certain brand of cricket. Otherwise, if we just score 250, they'll knock it off in 35 overs, maybe. You know, I'm not saying that's always the case because there's conditions that come into it. But the, the mindset change of this is what we need to do. And, and I do think Scotland had attempted to do that in the past because I do remember regimes under, especially under Juddy initially, everyone's like, what's this guy talking about? He's absolutely mad. And he was just telling guys to go out and whack it. But it went from it went from guys playing a conservative way to go out and whack it without filling the space in between. How are they going to be able to do that? 
So, so we had a huge focus on that. And, and it was certainly, there was amazing belief leading up to that game. It, it was, you know, it, it was all within the training that we had done as well. And we had, for me, it wasn't just the batting. I think the bowlers had their moments in the game as well and, and dealt with pressure at, at, at big times, especially when Bersa was going. Like, it was hard. These guys bowled pretty well, I thought. And the ball was just getting, wherever we moved the field, they would hit it somewhere else. Um, and then someone like Watty getting his advice, advice from his old man. <laughs> uh, I learned in your last podcast. Absolutely. Uh, Big John was shouting on, yeah, come, on, come around the wicker or whatever <laughs> it was. You know, and um, the, but the fielding, the fielding, three runouts, three take and breaks. Which Well, actually, um, you're wrong. The one, the one from Safi in the, I don't know if it's like the second last over. He actually, yeah, if he, he, yeah, like it was pretty close. I've seen your mate Wally do that actually before. He missed the stump. Hey, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> no, Why I've seen, I've seen on. <laughs> the, the the take and break were things that we trained and trained and trained, but under pressure, yeah, under fatigue, and and you know I, I remember initially it was like, what is you know we're like catching, taking the you know hitting those flexi stumps, catch hit the flex stump. It was always you had to finish every little execution of taking the stumps, yeah, and it was like. <clears throat> Initially, it was a bit like, well, this is a bit tedious. But then, you know, going on however long we'd prepared like that for. And then and then we had three of them. So important. Three. But it's like the fact that you're taking the ball cleanly yeah. and you're in a good position to take the bells. And don't forget the guys who are picking the ball up cleanly and the, and the wavy outfield. As yeah. a way to say, Leesky and Watty, weren't they? Are the two I can remember. Yeah. Leesky was yeah. a joke. Like, you know what he's like? He, he would have been sprinting as hard as he can, pick up and throw yeah. wild. Yeah. The one, the one, um, what he throws the ball to Leask, that's the run out of route. And that's, if you, you know. This is you back speaking about your mate Wattie again. <laughs> sure, it'll get you a run out. It'll get you 20 runs in an over, you know. Um, and that, yeah, these fine margins. It must be, I must admit, it must be super satisfying as a coach to implement these types of plans and then watch it play out on like the biggest, the biggest day in Scottish cricket. And and the confidence that must have given, maybe I'm wrong, but give like someone like a coach like Grant Bradburn at that time, you know, to pull uh, off something like that and to have implemented little, yeah. little thing um, and to see it be it to play out is, it must be brilliant. Yeah. You know. It just justifies, you know, some of the work they have been doing. But, you know, simply by practicing the skill doesn't mean that you'll execute it. Uh, you're never guaranteed, guaranteed to execute it. But the fact that we trained it, just not just that, all the other skills, we trained them under pressure is is the reason we succeeded, I think, on that day. Um, I've seen many a good coaching session at all the teams I've been at, which, yeah, that's great, but there's no... You haven't. There hasn't necessarily been pressure put on top, and there's not. You don't always need to put pressure on people when they're training, but you have to have some of that, and and that was a as a clear focus. It's interesting. Sorry, it's interesting you say that about the intensity because I remember speaking to Liam about it and um, talking about players going out and just like having that freedom to go out and score. And I remember Steindo back in the day used to always go on about get rid of your fear of failure, just go out and and bat. And he he obviously had the same sort of mentality and plan 
that Bradburn had, but Bradburn obviously implemented it in a better way or in a different way. And obviously, as you say, the training was obviously much more intense. And they talk about that in the test as well. Langer talks about how a couple of the net sessions were some of the most competitive that he'd ever seen. And I remember uh, when they're in Dubai for that their test series against Pakistan, they have a clip of Stark bowling in the nets. It is a joke. No interest. And even Maxwell, he talks about it, saying he's shitting himself every time he goes in the nets. Yeah, I can't imagine back then having to go in a net and face Stark, Cummins, Johnson um, and whoever else is running up against you. But, you know, like touching on your thing you said about Pete Steindl, Pete did a great job yeah. for, for Scotland. Like if, And he, he probably probably doesn't get the... Uh, the credit for some of the stuff that he that he did do. You yeah, know? I agree. He, he he was brave enough to pull pull together a, a young side of players, and you know I can't quite remember the transition from some people leaving and and how it was, but he was brave enough to pull them together, and he stuck by majority of those players that whole time. And the the ones that he didn't stick by, I'm not saying he didn't stick by, but ultimately you can only pick 14 guys to go exactly, on tour and yeah. 11 to go in the park. So. So people are going to get left out, and as far as I'm concerned, Pete did Pete did a brilliant job, and and actually a lot of the attributes and the fundamentals the guys have today are are because of him. Definitely, he. I think he unearthed Cloudy. Like obviously, Cloudy was a brilliant player anyway when he when he was born and stuff like that. But he saw something in Cloudy because he just had that sort of something a bit different, didn't he? He had that like whippy hockey sort of setup, Bend, and bendy leg. <laughs> no. Loves a nutmeg, but um, he um, he definitely saw something in Cloudy, and Cloudy's obviously like different level. I can't I, I total joke how good a player he is now. Yeah, yeah, Cloudy's got he's got got some amazing skills, and and he's got some skills that you know some of us will only wish we, could, we would ever be able to do. But Cloudy has evolved his game so much because when I first played with Callum, he batted eleven yeah. for Scotland. And, and I'm not saying he was a walking wicket, like, but I'd never saw him get more than five, I reckon. But you could see he could play because he could hit the ball in the net. And now he's, you know, one of Scotland's best ever, yeah. best ever players. You know, he's at most ODI hundreds for any player in Scotland. Yeah, scary. But intensity in training, that's what we're talking about, intensity in training. Yeah. Next thing I was going to touch on was, you know, after you've suffered a bad defeat and the changing room is just silence, and everyone's just sat there, and no one really wants to speak. There's quite a lot of that in the in the, in the Australia camp, which kind of surprised me. I didn't think at that level they would they would be that sitting in silence. I thought they'd be getting out of the system quite early. Um, we spoke to Mark Watt, who was telling us a little bit about the the West Indies one in Zimbabwe. Is that something that that brings back those feelings of sitting in silence, Costa? Uh, I I would. I've got a couple of little thoughts on this. Um, thoughts of my own, obviously. Um, that West Indies game, that West Indies game, was a different different kettle of fish, as far as I'm concerned, to to some of the games that the West the, the Australian team were sitting in silence. The Australian team had a series, yes, they wanted to win, uh, and there was disappointment there. The West Indies game was ultimately to go to a World Cup, and uh, it was the the pinnacle of a, a game for us to be playing to to achieve that in a 10-team World Cup. So everything had built to that point, all the way from before that 
before we start training the ways which we have just spoken, Bill, all the way to that, we believed we could win that tournament. But the Australia games were uh, within a series which they know there's going to be another one for them. Uh, and I'm not saying that makes it any better or any worse, but uh, when when we lose, it's so important to try and stay as level as you can. And I'm sure Langer touched on that at some stage during it. You, I, I'm sure he touched on it about trying to stay level. Whether you win or you lose, you should be trying to stay within that same sort of frame. It's not easy because I'm a big believer of riding the wave when things are going well on the field. And when you're winning, make sure you enjoy it. But when when things are hard, just try and keep that camaraderie going and keep it similar. The last thing you want to be doing is going into complete silence because I just wonder whether or not the team were fearful of showing emotion because of maybe Ponting being slightly intimidating. But that's just, I mean, that's that's just my thought at the time. But I think they've changed that since. Depends, depends where it is in the series as well, doesn't it? Like, if you've just been horsed, for the sixth game in a row, you don't want to have that conversation again, do you? <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, it was actually Stoinis mentioned this in the test, and he said that you lose, you talk about how you lose in the changing room, then you go back to the hotel, you watch videos about how you lose, and then you go into the nets and you realise that you're probably going to lose again the next day, and it just you just do that for six weeks straight, and it must be brutal. Yeah, Hoggy, you've 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 been in the dressing rooms where we. The same thing is said oh, time after time after it? time, and, and you've just got to just got to stop saying it sometimes because people know you don't need to bring it up again. No. You know, it, it, there's an elephant in the room, and you need to bring something up. Say it, but just sometimes you just go. You know what? I know I'm trying to ball line and length. So I know. Oh. Uh, I know I'm. I dropped the catch. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Oh. I, I know. I, I know. I hacked completely across the line of that, but <laughs> if I'd hit it, you would all be cheering because it would have been the top of the stand. Okay. <laughs> Is there too is there too much analysis? Is it over? Can you be over analytical? Oh yeah, definitely. Different different groups can take it uh, yeah. in different amounts. Um, I always again, find, I always find that the uh, certainly on the test, if you watch Mitchell Stark in the meetings, he could be anywhere. He is yeah. not giving a shit in those meetings. Do you know what I mean? Like all his job yeah. is just try to both as fast as he can. Do you know what I mean? He's not going to listen to. Anyone talk yeah, about batting around? Do you know what I mean? And uh, Ben Stokes, I always remember an article that came out from Ben Stokes a couple of years ago. He said, once the meeting goes past five minutes, I might as well not even be in the room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like, so so you, you, you've got to imagine the coaching staff now are, are very aware of people, more people that are maybe that way inclined. Not everyone is, but to get your message across powerfully and as clearly as you can within five minutes so that someone like Stokesy might take that information on. Stokesy clearly does more thinking like in his own time, so, uh, you know, not maybe not a whole heap, but he, he, he can't just go in completely without a worry in the world. But Here, what, what's, yeah. what's your thoughts on his uh, TV accent, by the way? His TV accent? I, I, I might have missed this. <laughs> he puts yeah. on like a posh English accent when he talks on the telly. And I, I was I was pissing myself because I was thinking that like why is he why is he talking like that? And then um, it's obviously because he's like surrounded by oh, turn up because he's like surrounded <laughs> by like folk from the south of England all the time now. But it was uh, 
there was a game last, it must have been last year or maybe a year before, I can't mind. And uh, they were interviewing him and he was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, great, uh, great test match. <laughs> and then and then Mark Wood came on and he was like, who was that? That's some TV accent you've got there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just called him out live on the telly. And uh, oh, I've just noticed that his accent changes. Do you not know think? Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't, maybe I hadn't seen that, that, that clip. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's a review in one of the tests last year on the Ashes, and it's the two of them stood out there in the middle. And yeah, Woody, Mark Wood calls them out. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was after a game that uh, Mark Wood bowled different class. He like won the game. It was must, maybe it was one of his first games back from injury or something, and he took a Pfeiffer or something. So he was buzzing. And he just came in absolutely torched Stokes like it was, it was gold. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look at those, those, those two players have turned into absolute superstars, haven't they? You know, in their own, their own right. And and you've probably probably knocked them both over in the nets at some stage, haven't you, Matty? Talk about nets, mate. In games <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say was, uh, nah, Stokes and that Ashes. I actually, I've not watched the last episode of the test, but I presume it talks a little bit about Stokes' innings at. Headingly. Is it a headingly, yeah? Wild. That's ridiculous. Actually, do you know what, Kyle? I remember um, it might have been on one of the podcasts that you were on before. I don't know whose it was. You were talking about that game where um, he, he'd done his ankle or something bowling and he just stood yeah. at the riverside and talked to it. I remember being in the nets and uh, the second team coach or whatever was like, we need to go and watch this. And it was all the academy boys were like on the boundary watching. Stokes bat. He must have been about 16, 17 at the time, maybe. And it was Mackay yeah. and Tini was playing for Kent. I remember that. And he was just stood on one leg, biffing him everywhere. It was absolutely wild. It was it was like that game at Headingley, like obviously a little bit of a lesser stage, like but frightening. Yeah, the power he had at that that age was you know just incredible. But he was literally standing on one leg. I remember um, I was for some reason up in the in the sort of new media pavilion watching down from there. Were you watching how you got out in the media centre, were you? Uh, probably, and I was probably thinking oh, I could be getting sacked fairly shortly because <laughs> Stokesy was running in bowling mid eighties at that point and and whacking it on one leg. So I, I didn't I didn't have a leg to stand on. Hey, yeah, <laughs> Warren Kyle, <it's> a... <laughs> oh, what talking about one leg to stand on? What about Andy Moles? Just had his leg amputated. Yeah, ex Scotland coach. I, I he, got, I he got like a flesh eating um, bug was like eating bug. away at his skin, yeah. And he just the doctor was like, needs to come off. Did you was he oh. your coach at any time, Kyle? No. Yeah, I played. I think I played one game under under Andy, and I think I got out second ball. That was only when I and only when I got a chance. Yeah, hopefully, wish him all the best getting back to. It. Obviously, he's going to look into this like all the big names looking at this. I saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure he's listening, Andy. All the best. Yeah, Andy. I mean, yeah, I, I've heard he's a he's a he's a fine coach. He's done some great things in world cricket. So all the best to him. Yeah, Costa. I just wanted to touch on. Um, obviously, we see see throughout the kind of bowlers and various kind of fielders on the treatment table getting strapped up before they go out to war. Um, you've obviously had quite a few seasons playing kind of championship cricket. How did uh, how did you cope? With those kind of long seasons and days in the dirt, uh, hard, mate. Really hard. Like, obviously, it was 
there were some great times, great, great fun. Um, you know, winning, winning a few bits here and there along the way, um, and that sort of makes it all worth it. But cricket's one of these sports that, when you perform well, it's it's amazing. Like mm. the feeling is so because you you get such a reward for it um, from your teammates because they're like, yeah, get in there, you know, and especially in multi-day uh, so that, cricket. Eh? Yeah, and and that that keeps you going because you you know you feel a, fo- a hell of a lot more than you do and perform, you know. So uh, I went through various different stages of having real tough times, and I managed it in slightly different ways. And and you know you look back and you think, oh, maybe I could have done that done that slightly differently. So uh, I, I had some I had some hard times, but I had some I had some great times. But trying to Managing your body through some of it, you've always got niggle. Always, I'm a batsman. I've always got a niggle. I feel sorry. For, I feel sorry for bowlers. All they ever do is moan about their toenails and stuff like that. <laughs> Proper cricketers, mate. When I think of like, it's one of those kind of memes, isn't it? What what I think a pro cricketer does and what a pro cricketer actually does. And I think I've spoken to a few of the lads who have had kind of. You know, it's a series of travel lodges and premier inns and, you know, bad run of form. It's not long before it becomes a pretty lonely, dark place. Um, oh. Yeah, obviously you touched on it there, Costa, but what, what what did you do to get through it, mate? Oh, there was a time I just went off and um, just needed to be my, by myself and just bought myself a nice six-pack and just went back, at, sat back at home and turned the TV on. Um, What's your six-pack of choice, Kyle, out of interest? I reckon, I reckon it was a pack of John Smiths, actually. I don't Ooh. know why. John Smiths was probably on deal at the corner shop there when I was on academy wages. Solid. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, just try and take your mind off it sometimes because as cricketers, we find it so easy to just mull things over and, like, what's, what's going on? What am I doing wrong? Should I have my bat here? Should I stand like this? Should I... Just stand reasonably um, upright. You know, the fundamentals of the game are quite easy. Have a good base that you can move from and your head above, somewhere above your feet and, and try and get your weight going forward and back. You know, that, that's that's being really, that's really simplifying it. Mate, Langer we, says that. He said, if I should stay still and see the ball out the hand, everything would be okay. That's what he said about his batting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, and he was right too. And it's, it's, it's bang on. Yeah. Um, but look, you get some dark times. You, I, I remember moments when people said, look, I'm nicking off all the time. So they said, right, well, let's try and get you a trigger. That was the worst thing that ever happened. All of a sudden, they nicked off double the amount of time. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to trigger over here. And now, not only am I falling over, I'm getting trapped LBW. I'm also now nicking off. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, but then, then I mean, I've had various niggles throughout throughout the, and, and the wrist has been an ongoing niggly one that still still um, plays its part today. But it also played its part in making my game what it is actually, because I had to reduce my game. I, my last two years, my last two years at Durham, or maybe three, I had, had I was I didn't want to say anything. My wrist was so bad, I was holding my bat in one hand. But I still scored, still scored hundreds somehow. I don't know how. It's mental. Then, so the top then elbow, I, with the top hand, that was just for show. High elbow. Top elbow. It's just using the bottom one to hold the bottom, the top one up. <laughs> um, so and that was 
you know, that, in my mind, I couldn't figure out. You, you might have heard this on another podcast, I'm not sure, but in my mind, I couldn't figure out what was going on. But in, in actual fact, it was because I was compensating because I was actually injured. Yeah. Uh, and it's just the way it's just the way it is. And and I was getting out in ways I wouldn't normally, and I couldn't perform the way I want to. But look, there, there's always if you work hard enough, you know, it's not always hard work, but if you get your head in the right space, you can find a way of getting through some of these things. And I think that's, that it might have been said in the test. I know Shane Warren has said it in the past. It's about finding a way. Find a way to score runs. It yeah. doesn't have to be pretty. Totally. The amount of runs I score by anti-skilling one through my legs or edging it down to third man. I don't know why someone, oh, no, I'm actually not going to say that, but I don't know why people don't have more fielders in a certain place for me when I first start. <laughs> because... The ball always goes there. I always get my first run there. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Liam but, spoke about this as well. Like, obviously, we haven't got a clue, but you would have experienced this in county cricket. You almost can't escape it, can you? Like, yeah. if you get if you're in a bad run of form in the ones, you get dropped down to the twos, and it's almost harder because you, you ex, you're expected yeah. to score heaps of runs in the twos, and then you can't score any runs in the twos. It's just like you just keep going and keep going and keep going, and you can't escape it. Whereas it's probably a good thing about just playing for Scotland at the moment where you can sort of, you don't sort of um, get stuck in a rut sort of thing. Yeah. Well, um, expectation is the thing you said there, Hoggy. You turn into a wise man. Expectation is a is a, a very hard, probably the hardest thing to deal with, yeah. I think, as a, as a player, is when you turn up somewhere and people are expecting you to score runs. So this is where I, I've been quite vocal and tried to push some of our players, younger players, to learn how to be professional, go and be a pro at a club and learn how to deal with that responsibility. You might only be getting £200 a game or something like that, but it's still it's still helping. It's still your job at the end of the day. Learn how to learn how to play under that, that pressure. Expectation is just, it hammers you, absolutely hammers you. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't want to, this is quite funny, this is why I'm telling it. It's about me. Sorry to make it all about me again. But so I went to Australia 2016 or something, Kyle, between uni, just fucking fed up of Aberdeen. So I had to get away. And uh, I went over to a club in Australia. And the first training session I got to, there was two photographers there and two journalists. And I was on the back page and the front page of the pullout with this like former (laughs) Scottish cricket player as a bowler, obviously. But I was there to bat. And uh, I think I top scored with like, 30 or something the entire season it was terrible and I, I'll put my hands up like I completely shot myself I couldn't cope but I probably bottled it and uh, yeah like imagine what it's like at, at the top at the top level where you're sort of trying to trying to get back in the side or expected to score runs imagine being like a te- like there's been so many players in test teams that just can't get a, can't get a score but they just have to keep playing because you're almost undroppable yeah, oh, the pressure pressure plays its part in many ways, and it's you know you, you trying to relieve that off you. And you, what did you, you said something about the the expectation? Did you something about me not feeling that as much now that I've come back to yeah. come, come come to play for Scotland, not come back, come to play for Scotland full time because I was always sort of semi semi full time with Scotland because of other and. Uh, the reason I think I cleared my mind, and this is uh, something that I've come to realise a little bit, my last five years have probably been some of my best years ever since the 2015 World Cup. 
for whatever reason, things had just clicked and I was under pressure at North Ants. I wasn't, maybe wasn't enjoying it as much as I'd hoped, hoped that I would do and things weren't right. But I, I, th- I think I just made peace. County cricket's hard else. as well though, Kyle. Like, it is easier playing associate cricket, do you not think? Like, county cricket must be difficult, especially as a top-order batter. Yeah, yeah, the, there's there's some depth there, but I don't think there's the real meaning behind all the games sometimes. Oh, yeah, so no, totally, is, yeah. Cricket completely completely trumps county cricket because I've I've had experience, experiences and, and various teams build that up in terms of your what it means to play for them. Um, and I think every team, and culture is what the test was all about, actually, um, is really important. And pulling on a Scotland shirt is... For me, the most proud thing for me to do, you know, pulling on a Durham shirt and a Northampton shirt was great, and I loved it. And these guys are amazing, and, and you know, not a bad word to say. You're just saying that because you're contracted now. You'd be saying the opposite if you're still at Durham. Nah, but, what about Benwell but, Hill? Don't forget Benwell Hill. Hey, tell me. Seriously, making the peace. I, I've made peace with me having you know cricket stopping one day. I've made peace with it, so I'm okay. I, I go out there and I play to enjoy it and I play a freer style of cricket because I've, I've made peace if, if my wrist finally goes right I can't play again I'm okay with that yeah. I want to enjoy it every moment that I can do you reckon now Steve that- Smith had that mentality because remember when he was like a village leg spinner and he <laughs> and now he's like the greatest some of the stuff he does is absolutely wild he, he's just I, I can't, you can't even explain I know how he Sometimes, you know. Some of the shots no. he plays, it's like, are you joking? It's not even a cricket shot, but he middles it through cover. There's that one that someone's bowling a wide yorker at. <laughs> There's one that someone bowled a wide yorker at him and he walked all the way across and hit it from outside the wide line and the offside and hit it behind square on the leg side. Aye. Ridiculous play. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, on the on the test series, the, the culture is the big thing that Langer... Yeah. Really, what to change about how how mm. they would play the game hard, but play it fair, and how they would be portrayed by other teams. This is Australia coming bloody hell. They're going to play hard, but they they're a good bunch. You know, they're not going to step over and the line, sort of thing. I think no. that's so so important, and that is such amazing thinking from him to try and pull that all together. He spoke about he spoke about being good citizens and good Australians. That was what he spoke about when he took over. And not just about being great cricketers, about being great people. But um, I remember that one of the closing scenes is them all having a beer in the same changing room. So this England and Australian players are, are in little groups chatting away to each other. And I thought that was that was magic to see that at that very elite level. You could you could see uh, that kind of good level of sportsmanship, which is probably um, being thrust upon them really. But um, but they've they've done really well. Taking that forward, it seems it seems like that that part of the game has not completely left, but it's gone away a, a bit from the culture of culture of the game and finding ways to try and keep your guys around to to have a beer and have a bit of fun one day. I know certain some clubs do it really well still, and others not as much. But uh, you know, phones these days, people get them get them out, and there's always someone else to do. I've got a party to get to. I've got someone else to get to. So. Uh, I, I think that's so important for people to, to keep learning. Have a beer or, or, or a Coke or whatever. Just go and chat about Yeah. Or know how you spoke about um, making peace. Was there, a, like, was there a eureka moment? Was there a moment where you just 
where you were you were content in having that kind of ethos going forward? Was there a specific line in the sand, or did it just kind of naturally happen as you you got a builder? Yeah, um, I just I just you know things were. I was getting more concerned about what I was going to do after playing because I was under pressure and, and I'd already been told the year before that I wasn't going to get, they wanted me to leave. So, and and I, I made peace with that decision. I knew I was just going to play second team all year. This was after coming back from the World Cup. And I knew that I was, I, I was just like, you know what? This might be the last time I get to play county cricket. Uh, I just wanted to enjoy it. So I was, I was playing in the second team with, um, some some good friends of mine, some good youngsters who wanted to to improve. Young Ben Duckett to just drop a name off there was one of these guys that was was. Uh, What's he that, like? That, yeah, see, amazing cricketer. I like, don't mean as a cricketer. I mean like pouring pints over England opening bowlers. Yeah, look, I th- is that what happened? I don't know. I don't know the truth behind behind the story, but Ben Ben was I would probably say a little bit devious as a youngster, but. He's uh, matured. He's moved now, is he not? Is it not? Yeah, he's at not. He's a good. He's a good person, and and uh, you know, he, he, we all make mistakes, don't we? We've all done things. We hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so that was so, a that was a good uh, time in the second team with boys like that. Yeah, I just tried to enjoy it, and I wanted. I didn't want them to. I never wanted to come across as if I just didn't care. You know, because yeah. for me, the impression you give is important. I think they knew that I was trying to enjoy myself and enjoy all these games as much as I could. And I, I'll be honest, I, I couldn't really be arsed fielding, but I knew I had to. And and because I think the Phil Rowe was the second team coach at the time, majority majority of the time, and then Kevin Innes the odd game, and and I would I would just go and stand and slip and just make sure I enjoy. I don't know how I caught some, I took some catches, but. I'm a proper genuine 50-50 in the slip court, so there's no way. <laughs> so I, I'd somehow made peace with it, and I was okay, I was okay because I think in, in in my heart I really wanted to go and play for Scotland, and I I was not taken for granted that I would just walk straight back in there and play. But it was something that it was always holding me back because you guys, Hoggy, when you're involved and. I was always missing out on some of the stuff, and and like I, like I've always said, playing for Scotland, to, yeah, you know, pulling on that shirt is put for your country is ultimately a little bit different to mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, you, and the county, albeit they all mean a lot. Did you did you ever feel under under pressure or feel obliged that to to remain with Durham rather than breaking off and going up to to represent Scotland, or was that a pressure oh, put on you? Costa, you couldn't go. They're not interested, are they, Kyle? Massively, I was massively torn. Like, uh, there was, I always felt as if the people and the staff in Scotland, you know, I, my perception could be wrong here, but I always felt as if they didn't feel that I wanted to come back. But then my main employer was Durham, and they, uh, they wanted me to gain experience, but they felt it would be be better for me to stay at Durham. So there was always, a, I was getting torn and, and I was, there was times I was like stood upstairs in the hallway at Durham at back going, I don't know what to do. And there was a big game there and there's a game for Durham. I might get, and then they would dangle a carrot. I might play first team. And I was, like, <laughs> and I, was I was properly, properly 
stuck at times. Like st- I was, I was walking circles around the upstairs corridors at Durham, not knowing what to do. Um, and then I had to go and play a game. I was involved in games. So, um, but there we go. That yeah, that was a tricky time, and that's some. That's hopefully a, a transition and a, a phase that I can maybe help um, cricketers. You know, after you know, from now onwards, you know, someone like what he was hopefully going to maybe continue with some counties or Munsey or whoever case maybe because it's hard it's a relationship you've got to have a good relationship with your with your your county coaches and your scotland coaches that's interesting hoggy hoggy seems to have frozen there isn't he oh yes he's gone oh perfect costa just me and you uh, well just just for the people who might be listening hoggy hoggy tried to tell me that he uh he actually paid his subscription for a zoom <laughs> yeah the peer, the peer that might not be true actually um, yeah, he's he's let us down there, mate. But uh, hopefully he'll uh, he'll not be too long in coming back into the room, mate. I was just going to ask you. This is a this is a fanboy question, but um, obviously through oh. through the, the he's back in the room boys, through the boys, uh, boys, boys, boys. My arse was going. Turn your you need to turn your, you need to turn your uh, audio the, your mute off. I think in the building. Yeah, the power's gone in the building, mate. The whole thing just went off and then came back on. <laughs> right. right, that has never no, happened mean. before in this building. The fucking power's gone off. Are you still? How are you still recording those? Zencaster's off. Yeah, Zencaster's off, but I'm downloading it. So leave that as it leave that as it is, so it can download everyone's audio files. Yeah. And you'll record on Zoom I'll record from on now Zoom forward. Now. Yeah, I'm so right. sorry. Where were we? You know, you know what you're doing here, Hoggy. Mate, this Zencaster's a bollock, isn't it? It's Liam's idea. Wow, there he goes. Liam's Fed next door neighbour's got Zencaster or something, so you recommended it. Well, well, um, Hoggy, now you've got now you paid your subscription, which was kindly uh, spoken about when you disappeared. But you paid your subscription. You should maybe do it through Zoom now. It's a fair point. Zencaster's much better quality, sound quality. Is it? That's, and that's what we're all about on the show. And you're um, nothing as well. So there we go. Costa, I, I just want to move this on towards the end and there was one one bit that I really liked was the cap presentation I don't know if you remember it where Nathan Lyon presented the cap to Travis Head and it was yeah. a brilliant bit of footage and Lyon's kind of quite confident about going into it and then he gets in the middle with the cap and all of a sudden oh he kind of dries up cap wise is that something that's always gone on did you have your cap presented to you back in 2003 Costa uh that's a good point. I'm trying to remember exactly how it happened. We we certainly we certainly had it some kind of presentation, but not to the level of what it is today. I'm trying yeah. to remember. Hoggy, did you do you do you remember what happened with yours? I'm trying to. No, I, I didn't get one. I got I got given mine at an awards night. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think they, they didn't always have all the caps and and stuff. Actually, one board of the year that year. Just get that in there. Did you? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know, Sweeney. That's a I can't I can't really remember. But I remember getting presented my fiftieth, my hundred, and hundred and fiftieth. I think. Um, was it? Did them cost them? Was it? Was it ex players that did them? Uh, no, not always. It was often just if you're on tour and it happens. Obviously, there don't tend to be a whole heap of ex players out there in Dubai when when we're when we're playing. So. 
it would just be either the skipper or someone we'd often sort of target someone to go and say a few words maybe they've come through the same same club or, or or whatever but we did do what was really powerful in Zimbabwe before the start of the tournament in Bulawayo Grant organized uh, a like a capping um, sort of evening and all the caps are lined up really good I've got some photos somewhere and we invited all the friends and family that had traveled to Zimbabwe to be there and well, and 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 Drummo stood up and spoke actually and he presented the uh, the caps and I thought it was a really nice touch it was it was uh, yeah I think it's important to do that sort of stuff because you've got to get that feeling out there don't you yeah yeah, uh, no, I just, I caps, I've got a few caps up here, actually. Now that speak, speaking of a few, legend. Let's have a look at these. I've got them all in the. I've got them all in the wall. Hope he's, got, hope, he's, hope he's got a dice one there. Where no, it all started. Have hell, a Bemil Hill one. You'll definitely have a Bemil Hill one, hopefully. Oh no! I've got. I've got. I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Bemil Hill one on there, unfortunately. Review the caps, Costa. What's the top one? Go on in. Okay. That was my first Durham one before you become, uh, this was before the, I think the, the this must have been the like second team one. Class. Like that. that is quality. Uh, what have we got here? Then that's the first, first team one. So how did that one come about, Costa? Was that a presentation then? No, it wasn't at Durham, to be honest. The, the, the county cap that I got presented with uh, so I had my North Ants one, but then I got actually got capped while I was at North Ants. Did you and not get capped by Durham? No, I never got capped by Durham, no. What? Um, but that, that was very hard to get. It, it's gotten slightly easier over the years to get capped than what it used to be, yeah. I think. Companies, but uh, I think I got capped by North Ants and probably played about another five games. So there we go. Thank you. <laughs> so what does it actually mean, like, getting capped by the county? Yeah, I think it's just a, a record... Uh, recognition of you know your service to the county and and often what it used to mean was you would then increase the salary cap of of some kind but i don't think that that happens anymore so mm. um, but I, I like to try and keep things to remind me so i've got a whole heap of caps here i'm sure i'll get a whole heap of stick for this but you know you know i don't care I, i'm i'm proud of the teams i play but there there we go what's this one Cali Highlanders. Cali Highlanders. there we go um, Scotland 50, Pokara Rhinos, City Kaitak. This is a well worn Scotland. Look at the yeah, colour. Yeah. I once got told by the match referee, Kyle, you can't wear a different cap to everyone else. I said, well, it's not different, it's just old. <laughs> You've not got any hair to suck the sweat out, it's just got straight in the hat. Exactly, exactly. Has <laughs> so, it, it, it ever been one for swapping kit or swapping a shirt? Is that. I'm not really going <laughs> to. Are you, you, uh, possibly, yeah. So, uh, I like to try and keep one thing of, of, of everything. And and as you're alluding to, you might have seen the odd the odd post, Sweeney, um, that I've been doing. Doing a bit of running, you know, I'm just letting people know that I'm doing running in case the coaches are wondering whether or not I'm just sitting at home drinking beer. Um, running for I, your six-pack of John Smiths. Exactly, exactly, hoggies. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've probably gone through a few beers, but they're all low, low carbon, low alcohol, you know. So I'm looking after myself. Skinny, skinny laggers. I see uh, Chris Rushworth's punting them now. 
Every time you go on Twitter, he's got a bottle of that in his hand. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Now, the, it's a, the, the capping stuff's important, I think, and um, the, I, I've sort of moved on for whatever reason. I don't really know why I started doing it. I, I originally did it the first time because I saw the, the Cricket Argentina shirt, and I was, you know what? He's a good friend of mine that lived with us and played for Stonywood for a year. I'm just going to send out a message to him, and he loved it. And then I thought, oh, actually, I'll, I'll go through a few more. So I've got got rugby shirts, I've got cricket shirts, I haven't got many football shirts. Um, I, I might have an old Arsenal shirt, maybe. I don't have any Aberdeen shirts, unfortunately. Get on the blower to Sean Maloney. He'll send you a shirt. Oh, well. Did, did you ever play with him? I did, yeah. He was my skipper, as an as <laughs> under 13. He was my skipper. <laughs> but I would, I, you know, there's something that I would actually really like to do with that. And this is just a coincidence, but... Um, Hopefully, I can get something like this off the ground, but raising awareness for, for clubs and how important it is to support your club during these tough times because, you know, clubs are taking a hammering at the moment without people buying, you know, going to the bar or memberships and, and, yeah. and whatever. So, you know, guys, I'm sure we could all put on a, a fourth shirt or an Arbroath shirt or a Benny Hill shirt, just get that in there. We can all get... William's get probably a, got one on now. Get... get we can all get a message going, couldn't we? And, and do some running and try and raise some awareness for, for, for our clubs. We need to support our, support our clubs and get their names out there and try and support the sponsors that are helping us too. So. Yeah. Um, but there, nice. that's something, something I'd like to do, but that's just a coincidence. But yeah, I've got a few shirts. We... Magic, man. Get it started. And then I'll bring, that'll bring us on to my final, my final fanboy question, and that's obviously the presentation of a different type of award, which was uh, Kyle Kutsup MBE. Um, so who presented that? Somebody, somebody surely showed up to shoot, to give you that medal. Yeah, I can't quite remember who it was. <laughs> no, you actually uh, went was... to Buckingham Palace, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. it was. Right, some folk what day? Like what 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 day? <laughs> I, look, I was very lucky because I was able to bring along my my folks, and and Sarah came along. My wife came with me, so. Um, yeah, it was amazingly special day. You walk in, you're not allowed to take your phones or anything in or to take photos. So you have to, they kind of force you to buy the, to, it was quite expensive actually, you buy the package for photos for the day. And it was like, absolutely like jokers, man. Like, like, like day like robbery. Yeah. But, you know, I think we would all do it because to get those, yeah, they're once in a lifetime sort of photos. Um, although it was the second time I'd been in there, but it was, uh, the uh, first time, actually, some some photos came out, so it was nice to. When was nice the first time you went? Uh, every I think every time the county championship winners, I think they go each year. I think at some stage. Oh eight, oh nine, double wasn't it? Costa two years consecutive. I think um, the only reason I know this because talking about years and dates just doesn't work with me. But the only reason I know this is because there's a shirt up in the wall that's got 2007 on it, so it means it's the year after. So that's the only reason I know. Hoggy, <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll know uh, an MBA, an MBA, a family member with one, haven't you? Well, that's what I was saying. He, he never went. Did he not? Nah, not into that. He got, uh, he got his present to him. Sports fans, this is uh, Hoggy's granddad, Christopher Plummer, uh-huh. MBE. That's it, CHP MBE. He, uh, no, he got his presented to him by... Sir Gary Sobers, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. For a service to cricket. He went down to Edinburgh to get it. It was like a big Sports Scotland do. 
Aye. This is one of for services to cricket as well. Yeah, uh, you got it back in the day when it meant Amazing. something. Couldn't just give it to some someone. Yeah, who, I think, next I think maybe they think that, they, <laughs> these things are getting easier to come by as well. It's like the capping system; they're handing them out these days. Uh, uh, to be fair, he got it for his services to quit cricket. Well, it was to cricket, but mainly is like coaching and stuff like that. So, nah, yeah. that's what. Well, that's what happened. Look, I uh, I actually had to make a, a video yesterday. And you know how hard, it, how hard it is to record a video of yourself trying to, to uh, talk about yourself and, and talk <laughs> about getting an MBE. And, and, and I, was, I was stood in our utility room, only because it's got a white wall behind me, with a cat, cat tree holding my phone up in front of me if it was the right height, trying to, trying to stop me getting a light switch in the, in the video. And it, was, it took me two hours, take after take after take, <laughs> And uh, oh, it was embarrassing. But you know, the, I guess the whole thing—you have to, uh, you can, you can nominate other people. You, you do, I didn't realize this. You can nominate anyone if they're doing a, a genuine service, and and what they've got to try and do then is to differentiate between between them to see who uh, who who should be awarded one. And you know, I guess I was one of the lucky ones that someone thought I must have done something reasonably decently, and oh, they're probably going to pull up pull it back off me now that we've had this conversation on here i'm so glad i submitted that forum back then i'm so glad (laughs) (laughs) no well deserved kyle definitely cricket scotland has got a lot to thank you for i'm not i'm being serious i'm not taking the piss no thanks sometimes it's hard to tell tell with you hoggy but no i do appreciate those those words, yeah. <laughs> not always us, us being blocked. It's not always easy to take compliments, is it? But um, yeah, no, I, I'll take them on board. And you know, thanks to you guys as well. I'm not sure if it's the end of the show, but I'm making it the end of the show. No, yeah, thanks to you guys. You, you, I've, I've loved every one of your, your shows, and I, I've loved the, uh, the interaction you're having with the, the boys, and how it, you know, it's a different kind of, uh, different kind of conversation, a bit more um, social. Uh, maybe rather than an interview at times so I think they've been great and I, I'll certainly be pop it back on and listen to your podcast when I'm, when I'm doing the garden again lads mate that's it that's all I do podcast on garden love uh, it it helps me it helps me when I pull that shirt and I need to go running listen to podcasts as well yes mate <laughs> <laughs> now nah, thanks very much for coming on there's a few things that we've missed but um, no. Overall, the test was pretty decent. The only thing about the test was I watched it at the same time as the last dance, so it's difficult yeah. to um, mm-hmm. to compete with that. You know, yeah, right? last dance. Last Classic, dance is the one. Jordan is the one. Me and you both being basketball nuffies as well. Exactly. I, I didn't even know you like basketball. Are you a big fan? Of it? <laughs> Back in, oh, I used to love it. Yeah, just that was that's what I used to play at school every day. Every day at school, basketball. Who was on the back of your uh, basketball vest, Costa? Who was the name? Uh, Jordan. It was the only one I had yeah. in the back of my vest. I mean, he literally dominated the whole game, didn't he? Yeah. That was such a good... I loved, I loved the last dance. I actually, I actually fell through the floorboards at my school one day. I went up for a massive layup. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and, I came, and I came down, because I couldn't reach the, the ring, obviously, and I came down and... And before I knew it, I had one leg through the floor and another leg was up. Here. What, what school is this at? At Grammar, Aberdeen Grammar School. Oh, um, they, they were well-renowned for developing their uh, 
basketball players. <laughs> no, nah, I loved it. I thought it was thought it was good. Jordan's a total rogue, wasn't he? Like just yeah. said it how it is. If teammates didn't like it, then go play for someone else. Yeah. You ever played with anyone like that? Anyone? That anyone good. who backed himself that much? No, I couldn't. No, so not, not, really that, not that level. Anyone to Jordan? Can yeah, yeah. How can, how can you compare? But tell you Mike, what, was Mike Lowe not like that growing up at Dice? Mike Lowe, yeah. Mike Lowe. Who's Mike Lowe? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Me and me and myself and Mike, we get on. We get on fairly well. And uh, he's been a, he's been very good to me. He's always backed me the whole way. What a man! What what a club man as well, Mike. Top Lowe. man. He was quality on uh, Gaudi Stagger. Yeah, was really he? good on Gaudi Stagger. Obviously, you. You've heard Lager and Run a Mile. Um, <laughs> no, he was good. He was good that weekend. Hey, hey, Hoggy, maybe when things calm down a little bit, we'll have to have a bit of a one and one and see who comes out on top. Well, um, Lager off. Mate, I'll, if you want to go pint for pint in the Benny Hill bar, geese it. Both of them. Is the, ah, is it, yeah. is the Benny Hill, is the clubhouse named after Liam? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost. El Sweeney Pivy, because the amount he talks about Benny Hill. It's a, it's oh, a well, El Sweeney, Sweeney, uh, Sweeney roof. There's just a constant leak there. We've, there's been a leak ever <laughs> since Sweeney's left. What yeah. happened? Talk, talk to us. No, no, I don't know, mate. I don't know. Sweeney's just take, taken parts of it away with him, possibly. But <laughs> he's, he's well-renowned around the club. The, the boys love him. They, they, they uh, say some good things about him and said he was a, was a good bowler back in the day. The only time I've ever seen him, he lodged with a few, few pies, but... Um, <laughs> well, that'll be him crying himself to sleep now, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I'm only kidding, Swins. Swins, you were you were my go-to man if I when I was skippering you. So there we go. Um, but yeah, but lads, we be be good to actually catch up and and do this uh, face and fa- face to face one day, and you know maybe we'll have some sort of uh, shoot off or something like that, Hoggy. Thank you. I'm welcome for that. I'll give you a game of one on one anytime. Oh, I'd love it. And another thing, do not like this facade about Hoggy being some kind of beer drinker get to you. <laughs> Just quietly, while I've got you, Costa, we went out on May Day, Sunday, and I went to the bar and met him, and he told me, I said, do you want a pint? He said, no, I'll have a latte. So this is this story about Hoggy being this beer-guzzling thug is, is so far from the truth. He was bedded by about five o'clock that night. It was a cappuccino, mate. It wasn't a latte. <laughs> Skinny latte. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cheers, Kyle. That's been quality. Yeah, class. Yeah. Loved it. If uh, if you fancy doing anything, any other time, just just give us a shout, lads, and we'll uh, yeah we'll we'll think out the box and have a bit of fun. Eh? Good, yeah. Good fun, yeah. lads. Good work with all your other stuff. It's been class. I'm loving it. Really no, nah, I mean I've listened to you as well, so without being a fanboy, but uh, yeah, you've been tremendous in the other ones as well. Been good. Good work. Big shout good out to you boys. Good. Good effort of not trying to be a fanboy there, Liam. Fanboy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Kyle. Call it. Take it easy. See you later.